Welcome to the Life After Life podcast, where we explore our soul's physical and non-physical journey. I'm Majana. Let's discuss angels, guides, and loved ones from the other side. Hello, friends, and welcome back. It is so good to see everyone, or feel your energy at least. As you know, we talk about a wide variety of topics on this podcast. I'm always excited and happy to share with you new information as I receive it from my soul team. And sometimes your soul teams are amazing at answering questions for me as well, especially loved ones that have crossed over when they give more insight into the process or just how things, maybe possibilities of the way things work. Remembering that the universe is far more vast than we can even wrap our heads around. And I've shared a lot of my personal experiences with you. Some of the really wonderful experiences and some perplexing ones as well. Well, today I'm going to make it personal again. And I want to share with you what happened towards the end of my mother's lifetime and since. Now, you may remember or be aware that my biological mother and I did not have a, well, we didn't have a very good relationship in this lifetime. In fact, it was thinking about the context of our relationship that Neil Donald Walsh's book, Little Soul in the Sun, really hit home for me when the little soul was talking about coming down to earth to experience forgiveness And the other soul came up and said, oh, I will do that for you because I love you that much that I will be really cloaked in darkness and do awful things. And that really gave me the opportunity to reframe my relationship with her and the events between us and think about, wow, did she really love me enough to do those things? And if so, wow, she fulfilled her contract beautifully (laughs) In fact, some of my thoughts around that and new revelations are actually a topic for a whole different podcast. (laughs) However, for today, one of the things that I want to kind of talk about, and I would love to get feedback from you on the Facebook page or email me your thoughts. So this is how the end of her life played out from my perspective. She had dementia and finished her lifetime in a memory care facility. But prior to her being admitted into that facility, it had been numerous years since I had seen her. However, we did talk on the phone regularly. I felt, oh, okay, a sense of obligation to do that. And as long as she seemed to know who I was, I was willing to make those phone calls. I called her every few weeks. Well, that is until it was clear one day that she did not know who I was. And as I was talking to her and kind of trying to bring her back current, it wasn't doing any good. Okay, I honestly don't even know why I did this. I asked her about my brother who was killed in a military accident. Oh gosh, in 1991, I think. He was in his mid-twenties, and he was definitely, I know this sounds horrible to say, and this was part of the reality. He was by far and large her absolute favorite. She was very, very partial to him. 
And I don't know why I felt inclined, but I guess I was wondering what her memory was of him. So I asked if she had seen or talked to him lately. And she hesitated a moment and she said, no, I haven't for a while, but I guess he knows where I am and he's always welcome here. So when he gets time or gets around to it, he can call or come and see me. My mother had a daughter with her current husband, who is seven years younger than I. They had a pretty good relationship, definitely a very different relationship than I had. So I asked how she was doing. And immediately my mother replied, oh, she's doing great. I see her every day, which I knew was not accurate because I know the truth is that daughter never went to see her once she was admitted, even though they had lived together. So to continue to check her state of mind and memory and where she was, of course, my third question was, well, how about Majana? And she was completely silent. And finally she said, who? I said, Majana. She said, I don't know anybody named Majana. I said, didn't you have another daughter named Majana? What? No, I've never heard that name before. I didn't have a daughter named Majana. Now, that is not at all surprising to me that that was her response. And yet, it was very hurtful. So why did I do that? Why did I set myself up for that? Why do we do that in life? So we had small talk just for a moment or two, and I could tell she was still disoriented. So I just wished her a great day and got off the phone. That conversation freed me of the sense of obligation that I had, that now she officially does not know who I am. In fact, she's chosen to forget that I ever existed. I owe her nothing now. I don't need to call her anymore out of a sense of obligation. And I didn't for quite a while, actually. And then one day her brother called me to let me know that she wasn't doing well. In fact, she had not taken food or liquids in about 24 hours, so she was in the dying process. I just sat with that for a while because I truly try to live my life with no regrets. I believe if I make the best choice I can at any given time, and that choice comes from love, That's the best I can do using the information I have at the time. So I had to just be with it and decide, okay, if I don't reach out to her now and she doesn't make it till morning, will I regret that? Will there be things that I have not said that I will regret? Yes, we can have that conversation with her in spirit, but that's still a bit different. So I decided to call and talk to the nurses to get information about her, and then also to have final words with her. So I went through the whole HIPAA thing to get that all worked out. And the nurse was absolutely wonderful. So she agreed to hold the phone up to my mother so she could hear, even though she couldn't talk. I let my mother know who I was, and I asked her to do something physically, if she could hear me and understand me so that the nurse would just see a change in her. Of course, I had not given the nurse a heads up about that. So I gave my mother a few moments and then I just really spoke from my heart. And what I needed her to know was that I didn't understand. I said, you know, we've had this whole lifetime 
And I don't understand the choices that you've made, but I think it's important that you know that I forgive you. I forgave you a long time ago for the actions and the words and the choices that you've made. And I don't know that I'll ever understand them. And yes, it did cause a lot of pain. I have to assume and believe that they were all for purposes. So once you cross over to the other side, if we can continue to work some of this stuff out, some of the things we couldn't take on in this lifetime, well, let's go for it. Let's try it, right? You're on the other side with clear vision. I'm still here with limited vision. But if we can work out karma or soul lessons, why not? When I felt complete with what I needed to say and she could not say anything back to me, there was no real dialogue, I had to just hang up. And I gave it a moment and then I called back to talk to the nurse and I asked her if she could tell, did my mother do anything differently? And she said that yes, as soon as I got on the phone and started talking, that she had she was trying to talk. She was moving her mouth. She was trying to turn her head and fl- and her eyes were fluttering. So she was definitely hearing me and trying to communicate with me. Now, I don't know if she knew really who I was, but I know that that is a possibility because sometimes just before someone dies, they become very lucid and there's some prime time that's just a complete gift that you get to have with them. A few nights after she made her transition, she came and woke me up and it was about the time that she actually died. So we talked for a few moments and again, I said, okay, great. I'm glad that you've made contact. So do what you need to do. Go ahead and get adjusted and get settled in. And when you're ready, let's see what we can do as far as healing and moving our relationship forward with some clarity and closure. It took a couple weeks before she started coming back again, but this time she didn't wake me up anymore. The reason I knew that she was there is in the morning when I would wake up, I was in such a bad mood, really, really cranky, and I could still feel her energy. So I knew that we had been communicating. I did not remember the conversations But I thought, well, (laughs) not much has changed there either. Obviously, we're still not able to get along because I'm feeling the same way I did when she was here. After a few nights of that, I finally said, okay, just stop. Clearly, this isn't going to work. And I had to walk away from you before. And I can't allow this back in my life now. I can't. I don't even know what you're saying to me. I don't remember it. But it's obviously not working. So let's give it some time. Maybe we both need some more time to process and then we can try it again. Well, that just seemed to be a cycle, a vicious cycle. If she came while I was in my sleep and I didn't remember, I would still wake up feeling her energy and still being angry and hurt and upset. So obviously we were not making any headway. If she came when I was not asleep immediately my guard would go up. Nothing had changed. We had the same conversations with the same energy as when she was here. In fact, the conversations even began with the same words and ended in the same frustration. 
I just finally threw in the towel and said, I don't understand how all this works anyway. I only get bits and pieces of it. Maybe as long as either one of us are incarnate, we can't have resolution or move forward. Maybe I still have lessons to learn from this. Clearly, I must have stuff around it because I still have energy around it. So I guess we'll have to table it. And then when we're on the same side, we can maybe look at this and laugh and high five each other and say, wow, that was interesting. And thank you for playing your part so beautifully. Look at all of the lessons that we got to learn and mark off of our list on this lifetime. Months went by and I did not hear anything from her. Then one day she appeared again. I was actually on my way to work and I felt her and I, my first response was, oh, no, 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 I can't do this right now. But as she got closer and I could feel her more strongly and hear her, her words and her entire energy was very, very different. Her norm would be to open up a conversation with judgment or blame or something that would justify her behavior or actions because it was always somebody else's fault. However, this time she didn't start with that. In fact, that wasn't even her energy. For the first time, she approached me in a calm, centered way, completely owning her emotion, her feelings, her behaviors. It was so clear that she had been doing a lot of really deep work and processing this lifetime and really turned a corner. It was wonderful. We didn't get to have a long conversation around it, but I did acknowledge how great it felt, how much I appreciated that new energy and the new way she approached me. And then I felt hopeful and I would love to give it a shot. Maybe we're finally at a place we can be productive and have growth and get over some of this stuff. The thing I found really cool about this was the drastic change from one visit to the other. There was time between those visits, though I don't recall how long. I know it was months. But just like with my mom, my stepmom, there was obviously soul growth there. Whether it was a formal school or self-evaluation, I don't understand how all of this works. It's just really clear that we continue our lessons after we leave this lifetime, when we're out of body. In between lifetimes, we can still learn and study and grow and become those better versions of ourselves. Here's another piece I found interesting about this. It's been shared with me that the, you know, there's a normal process when we cross over. And part of that is we have our own life review where we are not judged by anybody else. We are our own judges and we all know we're harder on ourselves than anybody else is. That doesn't change on the other side. We feel our mistakes. We feel our celebrations, but I think we feel them more deeply than we do do when we're incarnate. And it's a matter of processing. Ooh, I didn't do that one so great. What could I have done better? How could I handle that from a position of love rather than jealousy or hurt or judgment, whatever it was that we were experiencing at the time? After our life review, where we critique ourselves, we have a better understanding of our purpose. 
our interactions with other people, our loved ones. And some of those things we aren't so proud of, ways that we hurt them, even though it maybe helped them grow. For example, we can see when we were being less than love because that was agreed on in our soul contract because it gave them the opportunity to grow or learn a different perspective through an experience. Our contracts or some of the details of our contracts become more clear. And these are information that I've received through questions and in sessions with some of y'all and just talking with disincarnate beings or loved ones who are gracious enough to answer questions. They've told me they don't have access to Akashic Records, so they don't see everything about all your lives. However, they do see like the contracts for this lifetime. They can release some of the maybe less desirable character traits they held. Although we maintain our personalities, let's say someone was really, really jealous of you in this lifetime. Once they're disincarnate, they can see the purpose of feeling so jealous and also just the dynamics between y'all. So they still have the same personality, but they wouldn't be so jealous. Here's my mother a year after her transition, and she still is having some of those characteristics or traits that I would expect would have diminished way sooner. So yes, this is further evidence that the universe does not follow a cut and dried system. There are just more possibilities than we can imagine, and we always have free will, incarnate and disincarnate. We can learn and study and grow at our pace, not necessarily somebody else's agenda. And when you know it, she finally comes back with a different energy that I'm really welcoming and glad to see and thinking, okay, great, we can make headway. And she now doesn't come around so much. So I guess she's in other schools. I have reached out to her. I have felt her briefly off and on, but we haven't had conversations. I will keep you posted on that. And hopefully I can get the inside scoop and more insight as to how all of this works when we're disincarnate. If you would like to join our Facebook group, we would love to have you. There are a couple of questions that I ask of you, and that is to make sure that you're actually legit. You're a real person. And you can also email me at majana at lifeafterliferadio.com. Send me questions. I need to do a podcast just on answering questions again. That would be wonderful. You can also get me on the website, soulfoodtalks.com, and that's where you can sign up for sessions. My calendar's on there. I would love to meet you. There are also several freebies that you are welcome to try out. And until next time, namaste. Namaste.